0: Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know from all these experiences we created a framework called business vitality these are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade and a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years 30 years and beyond and what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently and to share a quote from one of my ceos that i've worked with in the past He told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Brett Tremblay, you are the founder of Trembley Law Firm, but most recently uh, referred to as the co-founder of GetStaffedUp.com. Um, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Of course, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just going to jump right in. Tell me about Get Staffed Up. I'm curious to learn about this.
1: Yeah. So, so I have the law firm. I've had it for 10 years. Get Staffed Up is about three and a half years old, and we do virtual staffing for our 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 target market right the one that we market to is is lawyers because me and my co-founder lawyers but we do um niches bring riches right so you focus on a target and then you pull in lots of others and so we have lots of of other you know business owning clients and what we're helping people do is fill the gaps a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners have so many hats they're wearing, and so many, so many things that their business isn't getting done that they wish they could hire someone for. But traditionally, it's so expensive and hard to hire. When when you hire domestically, you know everybody when everyone's domestic, your expenses keep pace with with your revenue, and it's frustrating. So we're helping people get their own staff assistance um, and their company fill traditional roles like secretaries, receptionists billing clerks, client um, success coordinators or client happiness coordinators um, and marketing assistants. And we're doing that all, all virtually and all overseas international. So we, our last thing I'll say on this is our differentiator is most, most companies like us are out of the Philippines and we're out of South Africa and Latin America only and we're full-time.
0: So are you still practicing law on top of this?
1: Practicing, no. I still spend about 20% of my time running or helping run the law firm, Mm
0: -hmm. but I haven't
1: actually done pen to paper practice law in probably five years.
0: So, okay. So the podcast is called Business Vitality. And what I've learned over 20 years of just working with different business owners and CEOs is what we used to be doing is not going to be the same thing that we're going to be doing three to five years down the road. And the research is showing the businesses, they do fine in the beginning, but they can't make it past year 10 because there's these new startup companies that come up. And it's easy when you're new and young and you can bust through um, some of that that maybe the bigger companies are, are hitting against. And so it sounds like you're adapting to the market. You're maintaining vitality in your space. You found a, a niche um, to be able to be able to grow. Can you talk about what that was like as an attorney um, that was probably feeling frustration, I'm guessing, and that's kind of what what took you here?
1: So, yeah, one of the frustrations I had early on, I was a true solo. It was me, myself, and Irene, right? like I was answering my own phones, sending my own faxes, because this is 2011, um, you, you know, doing all my own marketing, all my own networking, and I never had a time to do the actual work of the business, So whether that's, you know, baking pies or, or, you know, cooking food, you know, mine was doing, doing the legal work. Um, So I spent two and a half years frustrated with why I couldn't grow. And then I finally started hiring. When I say finally, most people think, well, when I have X amount of dollars in my bank account, that's when I can afford to hire somebody. That is, that is the wrong way to look at it. And it's, I'm not saying that from a judgment standpoint, I'm saying I had to learn the hard way. People that learn this the easy way, you know, they move a lot more quickly. Um, but for those of us who are just so sort of tied to, you know, we bootstrap, we don't have a lot of money. Maybe we're used to not spending money before we have it. But in order to get that money in your bank account, you have to hire someone first, because that person is going to free up your time to do more of the things that are going to help the business and the revenue grow. Um so I don't know how frustrated I was I always have fun not at the beginning but once I started hiring and we started growing and then I hired more and more it's been fun ever since there's good days and bad days everyone knows the life of an entrepreneur um but what I did is I spent a good amount of years building up our leadership team so that I could take a step back from being you know 60 70 hours a week at the law firm and I could focus on other things and that other thing happened to be this virtual staffing company that um, talk about good timing. You know, COVID is what it is. It hurt a lot of people. A lot of my business law clients are law firm, you know, but in terms of virtual staffing, it was like, wow, right business, right time. So it has just absolutely blown up in a good way um, since COVID started.
0: Are you helping attorneys that are smaller in practice size, like what you used to be with, you know, a one person shop or what, what seems to be the the niche that you're finding?
1: Ideally, like a law firm has two to 20 attorneys mm-hmm. is that we'd like to work with. Now, my favorite thing is helping somebody like me make their first hire and then learn like, oh, this works. Right. But when somebody is true solo, if they've done it for too long, they have a lot of, Bad habits that mm-hmm. die hard and, and they don't want to spend the time training, they don't want to spend the time delegating, they don't want to spend the time growing. They're also risk averse. There is a huge ego component with hiring. Because if you hire, you're putting it out there to the world. I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to do better. And then if you fail, you feel like you're a failure. And mm-hmm. so it's easy to say, oh no, no, I'm happy doing what I am. And, and millennials this and workers that, and everyone's terrible, and I'm the only one. And and that that's just protecting your ego. And you're really lying to yourself and at this juncture i don't mind if i offend anyone because i've been there i get it i'm not judging but i've never met a true like i do everything on my own i have no help and i'm just you know so happy that, that i have all this time with my family and all everything free time to do what i want to focus on what i want and i'm changing the world and yet i'm running my business top to bottom all by myself i've never met that person
0: yeah, they don't exist. I don't, I mean, I haven't heard of them either. So <laughs> tell me, um, you know, a lot of people starting out, they say the biggest investment needs to be in yourself and, and investing in yourself. And what we're talking about here is is a little bit different. It's investing in the business and being able to outsource and delegate some of these things out. Do you think those are two different animals, investing in yourself versus investing in hiring or outsourcing?
1: I think they're intertwined. Um, technically there's a difference and they say that personal growth precedes professional growth. So you've got to become the person who can hire someone and then become the person that someone else wants to work for. And those are personal things or work with, you know, those are personal things to work on, but, and then in taking action on the business, you're actually becoming a different person. That's why I say that they're intertwined.
0: I like it. Um, Tell me, you know, a little bit, where do you think people are are kind of making some mistakes before they're bringing you in? And um, I don't know, just if they see this within their existing day-to-day operation, what does that look like that they should be looking at when they reach out or know that they need to reach out to you?
1: Well, most people don't see it because most people are so busy getting up every day, they're they're just like ingrained and, and they're on the hamster wheel and and again I again, I'm, I'm really this is not a judgment standpoint this is a a get off the hamster wheel and think it's called thinking grow rich it's not called working grow rich you're not going to work your way out of where you are you, your life's not going to be different right the definition of insanity. nothing's going to magically change for you so your business will be this magically what you want in 10 years and most people don't take the time to just think about what they want their business to look like, what steps they need to take, you know, even, even a year from now, what's the, what are the one or two big changes? And then how do I get there? That type of thinking is, is changing a mindset, which is either refusing to acknowledge those things to make yourself feel better, or just not even taking the time, you know, start journaling 15 minutes every morning and just journal what you and I hate when people are like, oh, I'm not a writer. Okay, but y- you have to give yourself time to think. And then your action should reflect where you want your business to go because you've actually planned it. You're not just reacting to your day day after day after day. Um, so that's that's the first camp, right? And that's that's a mindset discussion. It frustrates me when when, when people are so certain that they, oh, I tried it once, you know, this is the other camp. Like, it's the old bicycle. You, you tried to ride a bike one time when you're five. You fell over and now you're never. It's like bike riding's not for you. You know, people are like, oh, I, I don't want to hire. I tried that once, and you know, I you know, there, there's like uh, criminal defense attorneys. It's sometimes you know I'll be like, hey, you know, who answers your phone before I'm done, even asking the question, they're like so defensive and jump in there and you just like feel the energy with all of these excuses all my my clients they need me when they need me when they need me me right now blah 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 okay well when you're in court working really hard to defend the person who needs you what about all your other clients and new clients like who who, you know who's who's answering your phone and then you know that there's the stumble and the response because people just make up so many reasons why they don't need help it's like You don't have, you don't have to work with me for God's sakes. Like just acknowledge to yourself, you could use help and you're not doing it. Like that's, that's the person I like to work with. Somebody who's just has thought through these things. And they're like, I I need help in, in trying to get better because guess what? I started growing when someone told me to hire and I hired a business coach and somebody helped me see all these things. And then I started reading a mixture of business books and quasi self-help, but more like self-reflection books. Right. And some of the, you know, the Napoleon Hills and, and the real thinkers. Um, so, you know, that's, I guess that's my two-part answer.
0: I like it. Tell me, um, when did all that, that journey start for you? Cause it sounds like it, it, I don't think any of us are born with it and it's just something that we become aware of. We get probably interested in, and then yeah. like the light switches just turn on.
1: So, another two-part answer. Um, I always knew I would run my own business. And because I was pretty good at finding ways to make money growing up, I kind of assumed that that meant I would become a business owner and then I would just do really well. So the part, you know, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs don't even take the leap until they're in their 40s. So it's just, it's not too late for most people. Um, but, you know, that like I don't, I don't think you need to be born with that, but you certainly don't need to be born with learning how to become a good business owner and how to become a good employer. And those are the things I had to learn. I just assumed because I liked business, I'd be good at it. And I thought I was, but I hit my ceiling because I didn't realize mechanical reasons, not like leadership reasons, but I, I, I could not squeeze more um, out of what I was already trying to squeeze. And that was me and my time. And like, it, it didn't, I was frustrated, but I didn't know why. And looking back now, it's like, well, duh. If if it's just so easy with lawyers to use this example, I had I had time to do one one hour of legal work per day on average, right? Because I was working nights and weekends because there's so many hundreds of different roles that that a business needs and and hats to wear. And um, if you double that now, now you double your business, right? But you you can't just you can't just ever get to the place where you can double it um, without a long, long road of slow growth. Because as you probably know, Catherine, when you're trying to grow a business and you're spending all your time working in the business, then you're not marketing and you're not bringing in new business. And that's how you get the peaks and the valleys and you have the feast or famine. Um, the other thing is you you made you, you had a good quote, I guess, about you know 10 years and then you have new businesses come along with new innovation. I also, there's a valley of death, like 94% of the businesses that get to a million never get to three to 5 million in in revenue. My opinion is because people don't switch from hustle market sell and themselves to being the leader of a team and starting to say like, I'm the general manager of this team and I need to build out the best team and the best systems possible to run the business. Yeah,
0: lots of good quotes. I'm jotting them down. Um, (laughs) I love think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, all those great books. Do you have any other favorites that you want to share? Um, yeah, let me think about the ones
1: that not everybody knows. Um, I I I do the you know Five Dysfunctions of a Team is a, is, a, is a really good one. Um, and there's a Good to Great because mm-hmm. Jim Collins that that's another that I really like that that, that, I, that I've used right, not just that I like, but that I. have I've sort of implemented a lot of the, the theories
0: like it. All right. So in the beginning, you mentioned that you are a little bit different with the staffing and support. You've got folks, you have talent that's coming from South um, Africa. Why that, why that area of the, of the world?
1: Um, so we started out of the Philippines, mm-hmm. but you know, again, just sort of practicing what I preach by thinking and analyzing and researching, we started moving into Latin America and found that the English language ability and the culture was was a, a better fit than people out of the Philippines um, for your client-facing roles and for the roles where you you, you want to just, you don't want to look at virtual assistance and hiring as just project-based, right? We're talking about full-time positions in your firm, so you need people who can think like anyone else that y- you want to hire and um, there, there's a, a, a strong base in the Philippines for a lot of things, a mm-hmm. lot of, of routine order taking type, type positions. That's what they teach, it's what they preach. Their economy is set up to, to be remote workers, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but we felt like the, the client facing, the project base, et cetera, we were having such a good experience in Latin America. And then South Africa just kind of came to us that we learned it, it was it was a good economy and market right now to hire remotely out of South Africa.
0: I think that's great because you do hear the Philippines and, you know, you try to, to outweigh all the different options that are sitting out there. And so I find it interesting that um, you're able to match that, that different mindset that you're going to need and thinking and communication, um, and client facing roles and be able to match them with that. Um, can you give me maybe a, a great success story, a client success story that you're really excited about that, um, somebody that you've worked with, it sounds like you like to find these folks that maybe are struggling a little bit and, um, you, you get them over the hump and change the world for a better for them.
1: Yeah, and then I'll tell you too, um, we had this client who, no offense to her, because a lot of us were like this, she was just a mess, hired someone hired someone through us, and opposing attorneys were saying like, wow, you know, how did you, and I'm not making this up, like, how did you get so organized, what's going on, and that was because of somebody she found through us, like, you're talking, we, we hire the top 1%. We have 250,000 people that apply to work with us on average per year, and we're placing less than a thousand. So that's less than the top 1%. So we're finding smart, energetic, hardworking, fun, you know, really great. Most of them with, with degrees and they can make a huge difference in your business. Another really fun example is um, a completely virtual business. He's now up to like 20 people that, that he's hired through us and some of the first He's promoted all the way up through the chain to be office manager, um, his head personal assistant. So it's not like you're plugging people into, into a slot and they can never grow. It's human capital. They should, they should be a part of your accountability charts. Of uh, you know, You have to treat your virtual team just like you would your in-person team and give them the opportunity to grow with the business as well. Um, And it just so happens that if that's the kind of, you know, person you're promoting, thanks to different economies, you're paying someone who in the U.S. you'd pay $100,000 to, you're paying them a fraction of that, and it's someone that you wouldn't trade for anything in the world. And so, you know, I I like to say that we are doing more for the global economy than anyone in Washington, D.C., other than just talking about it, right? Like we're actually helping people have a good life where they live. And, and some of the, the stories that we hear, you know, we, we kind of, like a baby making factory at this point, it's kind of funny. People get married because they have steady jobs, right? They start having families. Our, our maternity pay, you know, is extremely strong. Um, and like the people we've met and the lives that we've changed in other countries is the most fulfilling thing that I, I would have never anticipated. It's really fantastic.
0: I love this. What's your screening process? Like if you have that many applicants and you only are able to place a, a small percentage, it's still a large number of people, but still you've got to go through yeah. a huge number of, of, of applications.
1: We do. And so we have, um, a lot of, of, digital tests and screening methods set up so people can trip up along the way and get kicked out of the system. I've never been a huge resume guy. That's like the last thing we look at in in both of my businesses. So uh, there's about 20 points in our process where you can, if you're not careful, and, and this is how we find the best of the best, right? And so we're doing, yeah, we've got a huge team now and we're doing hundreds of interviews per week. But we, that's how we whittle down that enormous number into truly finding the people who, who, who want it and who are going to be uh, really good workers for you.
0: That sounds great. Tell me um, if folks are interested and want to be able to learn more about you, Brett, and, and the solutions that you offer, what is the best way to uh, get in touch with you?
1: So getstaffedup.com, just like it sounds. Um, and what we've done Catherine for for you and your listeners is we've set up a landing page and, and we've done a discount so if you go to getstaffedup.com up.com slash business vitality mm-hmm. then um, your listeners will get a nice little discount off of our our already modest startup fee um, in order to to get going and what we call delegate your way to freedom right you you, you can't do everything yourself you'll never be happy like you and I have discussed so, you can start with one person at a time, and just start getting rid of the things that are the lowest, um, and like monetary uses of your time, and the things that make you the least happy or that drain your energy. And um, so anyway, there's lots of companies you can work with. If you'd love to work with us, or at least you know have a conversation with us, go to that that um, URL, and it's we've got like talk to us now all over the website, so it's real easy once you get there to get in touch with us.
0: That sounds great. Thank you, Brett, for being able to add that offer. I appreciate that. I know our listeners appreciate it as well. Um, Thank you so much, Brett uh, Tremblay. You are the co-founder of Get Staffed Up, found on the web at getstaffedup.com. And you have a special offer for our listeners that they can find at their own URL, which is getstaffedup.com forward slash business vitality. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I loved it today. Take care.
0: You too. My team and I just wanna say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at CatherineCanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at Kathryncanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.